There is no podcast. other Dark or Overlord, though, right? Don't that oh, just. I mean, we had one admitting on the show, and then one that is is in denial. So I mean, I don't really got, understand this. Yeah, like, I'm, just, claim. I'm just trying to fall in line so I don't get beaten later. So oh, now it. you're trying to take this over so dark. It is not in my wheelhouse. Okay, Can, wait. Dark I'm not confirming chat. anything. Here we go. No, 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 no. I'm not confirming that I have a wheelhouse for dark uh, and ominous things either. I see where this could potentially go. I just need to not. Uh, do that. Anyway, uh, talking about stuff today. Cool. Uh... A hero's lineage can be traced back through the ages. Through a family's history lies the skill passed down from one generation to the next. Each family line had endured, and each family had taught the next generation something unique that served them well in their adventures. Only time would reveal what each adventurer's unique skill was. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders, or actually Ur plus one new. We'll start with Daedalus. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome in Ty for the first time on the show. Thanks for having me. Glad Absolutely. to be here. So, friends, today is a theory crafting discussion. So, put on your theory crafting hats. You got a favorite class archetype that you want to talk about? Look alive. Don't be uh, shy to tag us in chat so we don't miss you. But before we dig in, I want to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping these communities flames bolstering greater week after week. Oh, I just saw that dwarf superiority in chat. Here we go. We'll talk about that at another time. Um, if you want to show this show some love, you can go over to our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. No S, just Ashes Pathfinder. Right there at the top, you will see a pinned post with all of our podcast places. You can check out the iTunes one. Give us a five star view. Leave us a comment. Be greatly appreciated. And we will read that comment live on the show. You can also leave love in our discord over at discord.gg forward slash the morgue. Um, and call in if you'd like one five three nine six six four six eight zero one if it's appropriate we'll play that recording live on the show as well all right so i could talk about the mailbag but we'll save that for another time or will we it's just ashes pathfinders gmail.com and um let me think here what else we got going on mm, community nights are fun aren't they daedalus they are they right. are yeah right um Little spank spanking going back and forth between boss and us returning the favor after a few tries mm -hmm. yeah and v rising uh so if you want to get your your vamp on um or as or as 
we like to say when we take down a boss and we're all grouped up to <laughs> look at him. He's like, we're trying to have a, a more respectable show, actually. I see I have a command in chat I'm ready to fix. We're trying to have a more respectable show. So we need to like, uh, you know, not say those words. I guess I won't say it. I won't say it. I'll just leave it to you to have to um, to experience it for yourself if you're there doing a community night. Look at how he shakes his head. <laughs> Come on, you guys. I, I tell shouldn't me. be. I shouldn't be because I came up with it. <laughs> and then you just ran with it. Now it happens every time. And it's like feels a little dirty, but I'm gonna sink my teeth in anyway. It's true. Yeah, y'all are probably going what's nice. going on. Guess you just need to check out the clips or watch the community night footage. Uh, it'll make plenty of sense if you watch us as a community take down a boss and feed on it. There's your your hint, I suppose. Um, so join us for community days on Fridays. Most most Fridays, we're sometimes weekly, sometimes every other week. Just kind of depends. Um, but if you're in Discord, you'll know when that's happening. We try to pick games that are free, but sometimes it's just ones that we're all generally playing um alpha one vods are still rolling out on ashes hq's youtube so feel free to check that out there's been a lot of like people that have seemed to be really appreciative of that that they're up there and that are liking them so they're they're going to keep going we still got multiple days multiple parts every other day they're rolling out i believe one went today so we've got that footage is going to be trickling into the fall if we're lucky maybe even all the way up into winter and hopefully that'll give you something to sink your teeth into if you're hungry for some ashes content um, and footage so in typical form format, when we've got someone new on, Ty, we, we always say, hey, tell us your Ashes origin story, basically. How'd you find out about Ashes? What about it are you excited about uh, or got you know caught your interest? And essentially, once this game's out, what are you looking forward to um, enjoying or sinking your teeth into the most? I don't know why I keep doing the sinking your teeth into, but that's definitely a bad thing. All right, please go on ahead. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's been a while now, but Daedalus and I have been friends for a very long time since uh, like launch of World of Warcraft, probably, or even Dark Age of Camelot before that. Mm -hmm. um, so as, as as we do keep in touch, and when new things are coming down the the pipe, he'll uh, sometimes be like, "Hey, have you heard of this?" And it was a very similar experience with other games for for Ashes. Um, and then a few years back, I uh, did some theory crafting before a lot of the classes were kind of known or kind of the all the combinations were out there as to what we might see. Um, I, I can't even remember now. Ashen Herald was that yep. the, uh, yep. the Herald Craft, the, yeah, the YouTube. So that we did some of that. Um, I've taken a little bit of time off since then, as as far as following Ashes. So just now starting to you know check in and get grounded again what's going on but when you know when the game hits what i'm really excited about is just the concept of of the nodes and how you know i think it's going to drive player community that's big for me um and, you know i i always enjoy joining a, a good kind of social guild but in this game i feel like there's going to be even more of a draw to that community when it's kind of regional communities as well mm -hmm. um and then likely I'm going to have to do something that involves a lot of daggers and stabbing and roguelike behavior. I don't know if it'll be full on assassin or, or what, but 
uh, something that lends itself well to the, the PvP side of things as well, because that's that's really my jam when it comes to these games is getting out there and uh, ganking people. So. The hell are you smiling and laughing about Daedalus? Thinking about the Dark Overlord, you know, reigning it's, over his kingdom. It's a false narrative. <laughs> it is a false narrative. I'm not gonna lie, Ty. As you were saying that, I was like, "Oh my god, are this like an is this like an inside job that Daedalus like started like planning? This is gonna go somewhere it soon." Planned? It's called it's called the universe. <laughs> no, it's the it's universe not. bringing the truth out, my friend. No, it's not. You know, actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I feel like Ty was actually on because I joined you for one of your old craft uh, theory crafting. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. That was uh, ages past. Um, yeah, it's ages past. I know. It's okay. Actually, oh, we can't forget this. Daedalus has got a new article going up on Ashes HQ tomorrow. I am, yes. Yes, so it'll be probably midday, I think, early afternoon CDT. So kind of look for it. It'll be posting in Discord um, on the socials and everything as well. So looking forward to it again. And if you got ideas... For for like topics you'd love to see an article um, on, just hit Daedalus up and let him know. Or your Ash and Herald. That right, Day Day, Dark Overlord Day Day. Yes. <laughs> Dark Overlord Day Day. He didn't deny it though. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, there was no denial. No, he takes pride in it, right? But for some well, reason, I figured it would it wouldn't fit with only having two Dark Overlords on the. There is no the other Dark Overlord, though, right? Don't that oh, just? I mean, we had one admitting on the show, and then one that is is in denial. So I mean, I don't really got, understand this. Yeah, like, I'm, just, I'm claim. just trying to fall in line so I don't get beaten later. It's all, it's oh, all now good. you're trying to take this over so dark. It is not in my wheelhouse. Okay, Can, wait. Dark I'm not confirming chat. anything. No, no, no. I'm not confirming that I have a wheelhouse for dark uh, and ominous things either. I see where this could potentially go. I just need to not. Uh, Anyway, uh, talking about stuff today. Cool. Uh, oh, Ty was talking about like uh, guilds and stuff. Speaking of, he was talking about social guilds, actually. We have a social guild called Knights of the Phoenix. So if anybody's interested in a social guild, we recently got another member in, TL, who's actually in chat, welcoming in all our homies. A lot of the people that are there have been longtime uh, community members. So um, if you're looking for a guild for Ashes, but more specifically, just a community of friends. There you go, right? Slide into my DMs. Not because Dark Overlord things, Knights of Phoenix is not a Dark Overlord guild, right? Ninja looting is not a part of my wheelhouse. Uh, it doesn't matter what Stephen Shreve says. He's lying to you if he says it's true, right? When you don't have established loot rules and 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 a bunch of people kill it, everybody here knows they would go and loot the damn thing too, okay? If you didn't tell everybody don't loot it, then I'm not a ninja looter just because I got the loot, okay? Thank you. Fastest on the draw. That's all that means. Thank you. It just means I'm the most efficient. Yep. Right? Squared most away. Most efficient ninja looter, right? Yeah. That's, oh, <laughs> that's wow. not what I'm saying. You see, okay, we need to move on. I don't even wow. know what's going on, chat. Y'all don't need to be reinforcing this false narrative about me. It's not cool. And quite frankly, that's just not how you you treat your friends. So, <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, well, Ty, it's good to have you on the show. And we today are going to be discussing theory crafting. Now, now I said to the gentleman here before we got started, like we, there's no way we are going to theory craft every 
archetype combination, i.e. class for ashes. There's 64 potential combinations. We aren't going to be able to hit on all of them. We are going to look for references to Lineage 2 uh, because, well, this episode's namesake, right? Heroes Lineage is referencing because... If you were to go look at a lot of the Lineage 2 sites, now, Kalen TV, who has actually been a part of the community for a while, was very generous, gave me a lot of information. I'll be honest, I couldn't retain all of it, but it's a lot of really good information. We'll probably be piggybacking off of that and talking about in the future and something else. Um, however, for today, we're just going to sort of gravitate around basically like what we think would be really good ideas for class dynamics. Um looking at the archetypes that are there. We haven't done this on this show in this level of depth in since the early days when it was a SimCast, probably around the time that you and Ty and I were on your show and you were doing the Aerocraft stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. Clearly a lot's changed since then. Um, for example, Alpha Zero, that was around the time we were referencing skills and abilities. A lot of it was on the wiki. A lot of it was showcased. Um, Alpha Zero kind of happened. And there was a very different skill set for the classes we saw then, being the ranger, the mage, the cleric, and the tank. And since then, we have not seen what's going on with the ranger, and we've got the cleric, tank, mage, right? And those skills don't have all of the same... But just quite frankly, there aren't as many of, of the ones that we, as we had before. Um, there were like utility skills um, and a lot of different things. And, and TLF actually brought up polymorphic chat. And I'm like, we don't really see that, right? We saw an APOC. So APOC is a reference point for skills and abilities. Alpha Zero is a reference point for skills and abilities. And what I'm going to link in chat for you all is going to be just the classes in general form. There's your table to look at on Ashes HQ. We've got some lineage things pulled up, but before we dig into class theory crafting and everything, Daedalus, I know we're going to talk about this on the LFM show. You're going to get a whole different rant there, but for this one, it was worth sharing and talking about. I'm going to let you kind of summarize it if you want to, because I know you looked at probably more detail than me, but generally speaking, and I'm not going to state the argument, someone posted something on Reddit showcasing who was a mobile uh, phone gamer essentially and they had something to say related to ashes and i guess their experience in gaming and do you want to summarize that for everybody real quick yeah so this there was this uh streamer so somebody was uh wasn't the streamer themselves but um it was like a, a poster posted this video of like a clip of a streamer who was playing diablo immortal and he just happened to mention ashes of creation and his comment was basically like, hey, you know, we were really excited about this game. We bought into this like $300 pack or something like that. Alpha 2, and, right? Yeah, Alpha right. 2, I believe, yeah, is what they bought into. And we haven't really seen anything. And so I kind of feel like I got scammed and like this whole like thing and that they talked about. And um, and the comments obviously, you know, definitely corrected the narrative for him um but it just felt like a little uh off because some of the comments were talking about this guy's opinion on diablo immortal and i know our opinion right. like myself and sims specifically is oh like diablo is pay to win this streamer was like no it's not really pay to win well i don't know what you call pay to win <laughs> but it, it it definitely uh 
you can spend a hundred grand mm-hmm. and you can have a god character. So hmm, yeah, pay to win. Yeah. So anyway, so I just thought it was a little suspect, uh, just to get this this guy playing Diablo Immortal, doing his stuff and things, and then mentioned in like kind of in a passing comment, hey, Ashes is a scam because it's not out yet. And I paid for something. Well, okay, it's a game in development. So I guess go with facts versus opinions here, but like, that was my what an, my take. What an uneducated perspective, too, right? Like, because and the uneducated perspective part is I paid for something. You didn't actually, it doesn't have a box cost. That's the thing that I think people often forget when they back or they get a pre-order pack, is they look at that like I bought the game. And I haven't had access to the game yet. And so now somehow they're not really doing right by, um, yeah, doing right by us because the game's not out yet. And it's like, well, you didn't pay for the game. You paid for access to testing plus some of these stuff and things, whether it be the cosmetics, embers, or like, you know, uh, game time or, or subscription time rather or something like that uh, you maybe got that but you didn't actually buy the game and and there's definitely like a pretty good number of people who view that as like i bought the game and the game's not out so they must be scamming so i don't think that like while we definitely don't agree i think with what he's saying because it's i mean it's just not true right it's not a scam because of that situation it does i think also help to uh, shine light on this like image that some people and it is, it is definitely a number of people have and that's that i'm buying the game if i'm getting a pre-order pack and it's like that's not actually what's going on and so that information i think i think and then you hear people who have you know they they have like an audience and they share that and it, it doesn't doesn't do good for the game or the community as a whole so yeah it's unfortunate i mean one one thing the original poster did bring up oh sorry ty go ahead no, I was just gonna say, you know, that that's a I think the experience with Kickstarter in general. When you look yeah. at games and companies that utilize that as the the True. vehicle to launch, is no, nothing is guaranteed from that point. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're making an investment in a product. You know, you're you're early adapter. You're yeah. you're basically giving funds to help something start up, and there's no there's no you know guarantee that it will be a thing at the end of the you know the dev process right so it it, it's just a little bit of disillusionment from some people that think you know that oh Mm. i'm i own this or i got this right to see this to fruition Mm -hmm. you haven't (laughs) you've you've given funds to to help support something maybe got access to their their forums or a discord you know i mean a place to interact with the devs but that's about it at the end of the day until it comes to fruition you're not a uh, an account holder, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and one thing that uh, the original poster um, did bring up, though, I mean, it is there's definitely a, like a sect of the community that maybe doesn't follow as closely mm-hmm. that kind of has that perception, and so the only way to solve that is maybe making like things more clear if you can, right? More communication. And and a lot of what's been happening this year has been really positive in, in that direction, right? We've gotten a lot of big reveals, like the weather system, the character creation, like prototype. And now we're, you know, getting combat potentially like daggers, um, dual daggers as well. So there is content coming out. I think it just may be 
it's kind of like both, you know, both sides maybe need to invest a little more. Community members that are interested is like, don't take what any streamer says, right. good or bad at face value. Do your own research. Follow what's going on with the game. Ask questions. Look at, you know, the sites and find out more. Um, but also, like, you know, on Intrepid is that let's continue the steady stream of content so that you can um shatter these rumors because i know there has been a lot of negative press but then all of a sudden you get these people that jump in on these streams when something really big is happening they're like wow i had no idea that they were this far along on x y and z so um i, I mean i think it's just a matter of some time and just patience on both sides not to continue that, but but anyway, it was it was a thought provoking post, and I thought it totally. made sense to talk about it a little here too. Yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of uh, developer live streams, right? We'll, we'll definitely hit on this uh, towards the end, but we talked about it last week. The submission deadline is going to be Tuesday, the twenty eighth of June, and then Thursday, the thirtieth of June. This Thursday, we are going to have our Ashes uh, developer live stream. We usually do them on Fridays in in typical format, knock on wood, you know, because the last one, uh, Internet was issues. But knock on wood, uh, we do our Ashes post show every time afterwards. And uh, actually, this Thursday is going to be a bit heavy. So um, we'll have the developer live stream. I go live after we do the Ashes post show. And then basically, question mark until we roll right into the LFM podcast. Um, so it's going to be a, a hell of a loaded day on Thursday. So definitely buckle up. And we know that uh, there's a good chance we're going to actually see something combat related on this live stream. And they are planning on trickling essentially breadcrumbs along the way, showing a little bit at a time, getting community, gauging community sentiment, really sort of working off of that. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of positive feedback from people about that. Um, okay. Gentlemen, let's dig right in here. Um, there are eight archetypes in Ashes, right? For anybody who may be watching, we're going to do an extremely brief summary so that you all understand. And if you need to go, you can go to asheshq.com forward slash classes. There's a list of the classes. Um, each of the icons represents the class page itself. You'll see skills and abilities specifically for currently the mage, tank, and the cleric, because those are the ones that we saw some sort of iteration and progress and uh, showcase on an alpha one. Um, I do not cover and we do not really specifically cover anything before that because they've already stated that they've been reworking it. So we don't know exactly what we're going to have for the Ranger. We can certainly speculate based off of what some of those skills and durabilities were. Um, and we can absolutely, uh, you know, talk about what we think. And that's kind of what I'm hoping we do a lot of here, both, you know, people in the uh, chat here on Twitch, um, those of you that end up watching this on YouTube, those of you that are listening, um, when you listen to the show uh, or just us here, I'm hoping we can really just kind of talk about um, from a lot of our own experiences, what really seems like it's going to work well for these classes uh, and keeping in mind, there's 64 classes, but there are eight archetypes. Your eight archetypes are your base for all the classes, right? And you've got the fighter, the tank, the rogue, the mage, the ranger, the summoner, the cleric, and the bard. And those are your eight archetypes. Now, each of those eight archetypes can be augmented. An example would be that the tank 
archetype can later become a knight, a guardian, a knight shield, a warden, a spell shield, a keeper, a paladin, oh baby, and an argent. Okay? Now, we can talk about the base archetype because I think that's what is really fundamental here. We can absolutely tinker with ideas around the classes and how the augmentation system can change the archetypes. Um, however, we've only got really three reference points right now, don't we? Because we got the cleric, the mage, and the the tank. The rangers under construction. Quite frankly, those three classes are sorry archetypes that I mentioned that we saw in Alpha One are also on the drawing table again. We don't know exactly what is going to stay, what might go, what could change. But I guess in no particular order, any thoughts right now around what I mentioned about the fact that we are going to be doing it a little bit at a time in iteration and getting community sentiment. And then here we are. We don't have a date for Alpha 2. I'm already I'm still going to adhere to what I said. I don't see Alpha 2 till next year. I just don't. We're halfway through the year already. We're only now going to start to get the sprinkled bits of combat that we're going to get showcased again. And we've got 64 combination possibilities. Even if we're just going off of the eight archetypes that we can see in Alpha 2, we still only know anything about the three. You see what I'm saying? So, gentlemen, jump on in for any thoughts at all about the, the system um, the development timeline, where we, what we'd like to maybe see in terms of uh, just starting to showcase more around the archetypes and classes. Um, like me personally, I, I'm actually very much a fan of their approach in terms of like incremental. Um, it's a system I work with kind of in my day job, you know, with different projects, right? And it does lend itself to a product that's closer to you know what an audience might want um now granted you can't take every bit of feedback and try to put it in you'll just get a hodgepodge mess um but you do have to kind of think through okay here's our vision right and let's see where we have you know levers to pull and let's start showcasing and seeing what we can get and i think that's a great approach um i was actually pretty surprised that they were showing combat um in their next because they've done a lot of big stuff so i wasn't necessarily expecting combat though i think the community is probably pretty appreciative of it because it's been something like every time i get on to watch the stream you'll see combat when right all the time um so personally i think i think it's it's a good approach I was as I was reviewing Lineage 2 um, and kind of some of how they set themselves up, like at a basic level, I hadn't played the game. So it, this is all kind of like, you know, perception based on what I'm seeing in class descriptions and some mm -hmm. of the skills and stuff. I definitely see some similarities. I see how Ashes is simplifying things because what there's like three layers with Lineage 2 that I can see is you start with a, like a, a super basic class. And then you kind of branch out from there um, generally. Uh, yeah. I think there's, you know, depends on the race you choose, but there's kind of racially locked classes. But I'm right. assuming the gameplay, um, and Kaylin, correct me if I'm wrong, or anyone else has played Living Issue. I'm assuming the gameplay or the game um, game style or play style, rather, is, is going to be similar between the classes that 
kind of share that like basic role like tank healer and so on um but i did i did notice that it was um pretty interesting to see those three layers and how like a mystic for example can go either like a mage route or a cleric route um and i did see some you know similar class names too in in uh, Mm -hmm. the ashes classes so yeah it's it's interesting just reading through and kind of thinking back to when ty and i were doing our our theory crafting it's like oh yeah this this does kind of feel like what we were thinking in some cases and others i'm like oh, okay so this is this is where the summoner class comes in i think i noticed like warlock was more of a kind of a summoning class versus it being like an archetype that you have like warlock is just one option um of that so yeah interesting but uh um, yeah i think the the further you get down the the kind of class options too for like dark elf elf the mystics you know you start to see all of these different flavors in in the lineage classes and skills um what i'm really interested to see is is as we learn more in ashes you know mage for instance the the skills that we know there there are some from what you would expect to be different elements i think of of a caster you know there's like the black hole skill that's shown as I think of that as like darkness. I don't think of that as your traditional mage, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like we've seen some of these things start to, to show that are really part of the, the base composition of the class. And then, you know, as, as we see more from all of the different options, you know, perhaps we start to see more focus towards that more elements mm-hmm. of shadow darkness, you know, the, and that increasing in power or increasing in op- optionality with that skill. Because you really see that, you know, as you look down the lineage class pursuits, once you break down past that initial race class, um, you can focus in these different, you know, these different elements, these different avenues. Mm -hmm. And so people are saying, like, why are we talking about lineage, guys? (laughs) And it's because, right, I can't tell you how many times in live streams I've done, podcasts we've done, where we're talking about the combat system where I have not had so many, I mean, genuinely a lot of different people that are there and they're actually talking about how, how many parallels that they see to lineage two. Now, Steven play lineage two. He references it a lot, right? So obviously there is an influence from that game, but more importantly, people that have watched these streams or podcasts have, told me over and over and over how many similarities that they draw from lineage two and see Steven talking about actually having be part of the game design for combat and ashes of creation. Um, you know, uh, and I'm going to read this right here, right from Kaylin. It says they had a nice sense of uniqueness to the classes that were shared among multiple races, Hoping Ashes can tap into that with their archetypes. But man, that's a lot of archetypes to bounce and tweak around and hope they can execute it. And that's another concern that people have had, right? Which, I mean, look, I'll share that concern as well. 64 combinations is a lot to balance and ensure that each one remains meaningful. Because there's like nothing worse for me than playing an MMORPG and... Now you're gonna you're gonna have to work pretty hard on your character in Ashes, right? Like just your main character is gonna take quite a bit of time to level, right? So uh, you don't want to be in a position, at least I sure don't, to where 
your class, any any of the the, the options you've got for your your uh, archetype, whatever class you go, you don't want that to be meaningless. Like imagine like me going, oh man, I love it. I'm playing a tank. Then then I go paladin, and the paladin sucks. It doesn't perform as good as a tank or or whatever that its capacity is going to be it just doesn't compare to someone else and most raid comps are going yeah it's cool that you're a paladin and all but like um i'd rather have this other person man i think i'd actually rather go with like a uh you know like a guardian or something like the, the guardian's just got a better vibe it's like but i really care about the paladin it really resonates with me i mean that happened to me in world of warcraft absolutely more than once. Yeah, not not only like raid group composition, right, and what's needed, but <laughs> that that role in PvP or other aspects of the game where you come up against that rock paper scissors, you know, kind of matchup, and one 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 archetype, one class gets gets locked out of being you know a contributor to any large scale PvP just because they have a, a hard counter that shuts them down every single time. And and that's where the balance of that many different options um, gets gets a little complex, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's where the, the question mark gets raised for me is, how are we going to see this kind of shake out? What, what is going to be an auto win against what? Mm-hmm. And how, how can we offset that um, so that, everyone feels like they've they've got a shot you know when it comes to participating in raids and pvp and you know multiple different aspects of the game i like i like the term auto win too because i feel like that definitely resonates with like i just have this class combo so like this just in itself even if i'm not that great at it has what is needed to essentially kind of carry things yeah, definitely skill over I win buttons. And I think one of the other things, too, that I'm hoping with the augmentation system and I'm I'm trying to glean like how it really worked in terms of like class progression in lineage two. But guess what I'm hoping happens when we talk about class progression in um, in Ashes of Creation is that. There is, in addition to vertical progression, like there is a good bit of horizontal progression mm-hmm. too, where um, you know you can see like different flavors and maybe you know different tweaks and like even within two people that share the same base archetype and augment, you know that they choose. Like, is the I mean I'm assuming that there's a common theme around like general play style. But I hope the journey to get there is not a straight line, even, you know, for like one archetype um, and their associated combinations. I would like within um, within those uh, combinations that you can say, okay, hey, you know, I want to be like a little bit more of a like just using a bard, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. I really want to lean more heavily on crowd control. I don't want to do maybe as much force multiplication right and like give damage or give regen or something i'm really focused on maybe shutting down um and and simplifying Mm -hmm. a fight by taking some enemies out of it right that would be i think a really good example for me to say okay yes i could choose a bard x but that bard x if it's like that x is the same between two classes has kind of a different spin you can take where both are viable but there's also something that you can really tailor and own as a player. And I think that would 
in my opinion, if I had to define success on the classes and how implementing the augmentation system, that would be success from my perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much damage a class does is, you know, I think should depend on what the class is and what their role is. But I don't think that's the only definition. There's got to be like that level of customization, utility, like some way where you can kind of play how you want to play, like in a group situation and still be something that's desirable. And I think, you know, you both hit on that um, here a little earlier is that was a huge feels bad moment. It has been in games from like the dawn of time. Whenever I've picked a class, invariably there's like some issue with it. I feel like I feel like there's like a curse whenever I pick something. Like if I really want something to like work really well, there's all these issues. And like Paladin was probably the biggest one. Yeah. And it's gone through like in in you know that Blizzard game. I'm I would say like there's been years where it's like. I don't know what my identity is. I don't know. I mean, I have an idea and a class <laughs> fantasy, but I feel like every t- every expansion that comes out, I get right. smacked in the face with something new. Um, and I do hope that there is like something that, you know, there is a vision for each of these classes. There is a um, class fantasy that they're going for and they stick to. And maybe like, you know, the deck chairs are in a, you know, on, on the ship are a little in little different positions, but you're not changing the course of the ship here. And that's what defines like success for me is, is having a strong vision and then kind of tweaking it so that it kind of meets that mark for viability customization. And, and I'm hoping, and, um, and, and I don't know how well lineage two did this, Obviously, it um, it engaged a lot of people, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I, I am I am pretty uh, interested to see how Ashes takes it. I love how in the past, like I, I don't know, like my own mods, like you know, I was talking about how Paladin sort of failed in World of Warcraft, and he was like, and that's when Paladin started the looting route. And then I'm just like now the most recent one from Kaylin saying, well, as long as your identity is ninja looter, I call that a plus. Look, man, keep talking that shit. You're making me famous. All right. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's funny how long that narrative has been reinforced now, though, isn't it? Like, dear Lord, I'm glad that the I Den mean, of it's, Sim didn't. It's, it's- really it's pretty memorable though i mean the whole situation there was ninja looting there was like nakedness it was it was a thing dude i mean it happened you know the best part was steven found out who actually took it when he was on the show we were doing the q a and then i actually told him it was me but it wasn't ninja looting and then everybody that was pretty much where that started so you can check out the episode if you really care so I thought maybe I could draw some references. Okay. What what I find is interesting is that like, you know, obviously like depending on what your, what your like race is, is going to determine some of the uh, class options that you have. Right. When I'm looking at like the human, there are definitely ones I can pull from here. Like if I'm just talking human and I'm looking at like the different trees and like what unlocks what, like I see some some similarities here, right? I look at the class tree or the archetype combos in the class list on the HQ, and I'm looking at that list, and I'm going, all right, so mage starts out, and we get down the chain warlock, archmage. So those two specifically I see as part of the class combo possibilities for a mage, 
when I go and I look at like, for example, Rogue, the Rogue actually in uh, Lineage, there's the Hawkeye there. Which, interesting, there's a treasure hunter, too, which is interesting because Ash is going to have treasure hunting, but it's not going to be, like, an actual class, you know, in terms of, like, player class or whatever. Um, but it's interesting because Hawkeye actually falls under Rogue, and, you know, with Ashes, it's actually under Ranger. It's actually the Ranger-Ranger crossover or augmentation with its own class gives you the Hawkeye. We've kind of talked about that before too. And like, I, I still go back to that one specifically. And I think about, well, how can we tie in some of what we've maybe seen with the game so far? And I think about like scopes and things like that. We saw an APOC. Um, they're still working on bows, right? We don't know about crossbows and all that stuff. But I mean, to me, Hawkeye is all about like targets, precision. Um, so, you know, I even go back to like World of Warcraft. I mean, it was kind of like what, you know, that particular like sort of modality. What was the actual class combo there? It was Marksman, I think, was the one. And it was really focused on targeting. Yeah, Marksman. You know, so I hear Hawkeye and I think I'm, I've got precision vision on my target. Um, but it's interesting because, of course, in lineage of law, this is really locked to what your race is. I was to click on the elf, I'm going to have a bit of a different, um, you know, set of like possibilities right. for skills. Very different, actually. The the elf actually doesn't even have in lineage nearly as much choice and options. Um, but it is interesting because I saw that Phoenix Knight on the human. I thought that was a pretty interesting one. Yeah, what was interesting about looking at the the ra racial ones for elf and dark elf is you start to see a lot more crossover into the the archetypes and the combinations that are possible. Like in Elf, there's an Elven Oracle, and it's described as a a cleric that uses mysticism more. And then you look down Mage, and you see the Mage-Cleric intersection mm -hmm. of Oracle. There's an Elven mm -hmm. Oracle. You look down the Dark Elf to where you get, like, it's not quite Shadowmancer, but there's a summoner that's very close, you know, to that that element. And the more time I spent today just kind of looking between the the two charts, if you will, you know, I'm seeing a lot of crossover as as you get in, you know, some of that's naming and the words we use to describe things. You're going to get that. But it right. also feels like the more I read in lineage, which was, you know, a very um, was that probably 2005, 2006. I mean, it's it's been out. Yeah, it's been out for quite, ages. quite a long time. So very well developed, you know, lore um, and talk about just a, a tremendous amount of success in that game. Uh, was was being played uh, to draw from it, it's you know you look at the ashes and you see these these names and you hope that they right. you know kind of follow some of that that logic when it comes to what do you think this class will do and what's possible <laughs> just ignoring chat because they're ridiculous right now <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Uh, how many times are you gonna see your first first time on the show, Ty? You see how much? Do you see what they do? Do you see what? Do you see? Yeah, I could just sit and chat and just be entertained with <laughs> stories of epic ninja loot. I know. I'll let you guys do the fear casting. I'm just gonna learn <laughs> so all I read can it. about. They're creative. <laughs> this is where people miss out. If you don't, if you're not here when it's live, you just you really miss out on the shit people give me these days. Um, but it's all it's okay because I. 
I work under the assumption it comes from a place of love, just my my little shit brothers who troll me and give me a hard time. <laughs> or Day Day, the Dark Overlord over here, who likes to reinforce this narrative. This well, uh, on that point, I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention some of the orc classes because one of them, yeah. advanced class, overlord. was an Overlord. So I was like, oh man, that seems like something in Sims Wheelhouse. No, it doesn't actually, but that's a cool story. I'm gonna move on to dwarves. Let's talk dwarves. Everybody loves to talk dwarves. Dwarves. <laughs> have even less than elves, right? Yeah. So the thing that I noticed specifically about, number one, can I just say this? In reference to Lineage 2, one thing I'm glad we do not see as a common factor is that you are locked based on race or gender. Like, that is a thing I don't like. Black Desert Online did the gender locking thing, and I couldn't stand that either. I hate it when that happens because, like, if I'm, like, I mean, it's an MMORPG. And if you take away someone's opportunity to role play and be got to get into their character, like, I think you just you just undermine, like, the, the potential for, right, for a game. So even though, like, a lot of lineage may have been great, and I never played it, okay? And also, take it with a grain of sand, salt, whatever you... If you're Basil, take it with a grain of sand. If you're me, take it with a grain of salt. So we'll have to remind him next time you saw the show that that happened. But my point is, is that there's, there's lineage two games that have been out and they aren't the same as the original lineage. So there's a lot of this that could actually grain of loot in chat. There's a lot about this that uh, quite frankly may not really vibe right with the original lineage two game, right? Because it's had a lot of iterations and there've been kind of relaunches. Like I think even you had like a mobile game launch or something um, where they tried to do stuff there, but the dwarves only get like, look, it's dwarf, dwarven fighter. And then you got like, the combos there, like scavenger, bounty hunter, fortune seeker, maestro, warsmith, artisan. Interesting though, right? Like you, you see a lot in the wheelhouse for the different races and the different class combos and everything. But we see flavors of this in in artisan classes. We're seeing it in like game systems, treasure hunter, for example. Um, we see bounty hunters, another one, right? Bounty hunters getting pulled, and that's like a thing. So it's just interesting because I, I kind of like out of curiosity go and i'm like okay well what do, what do we got here with uh with like the 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 freaking um bounty hunter right and i go through and it's like there's a bunch of skills and abilities but i'm not seeing like anything here that specifically would actually feel like it might vibe with what ashes is going for because those fools are just going to be chasing down corrupt people so some things i can draw similarities and some i can't and as I'm kind of like sitting here and I'm I'm chick literally just clicking away and going through a lot of the different things, but I see this. I man, I keep coming back to Phoenix Night and I'm going, oh baby, that looks like it's tasty. You know? Let's take a look at the Paladin, for example. Well, you guys probably have a, a, mm. a fair bit more knowledge than I do, but I know one of the things early on was the idea of the racial augments in in Ashes. I don't know mm. if they've shared much more about that, but to me, it, it feels like they take the idea of, you know, each each race adding something unique to whatever class you are. Um, whereas we look down this this lineage tree, and to that point about dwarf, you're just locked out of so much, you mm -hmm. know. But there's there's some things that are uniquely dwarven, right? Um, but in in ashes, it feels like they then take that and kind of 
open it up and add even more variety into those 64 <laughs> combinations when you think of how each racial uh you know trait or what uh, augment will affect the play of that class or the look and feel of that class yeah that's a really great point and it kind of comes back to what i'm hoping like the augmentation system does is you just have and i don't want it to be an orgy of choice i think that would be you know maybe too much right and it's too much necessarily to balance but at least kind of understanding like the basics of how each of this types of augments what they do for your class or for your archetype and what they do for your you know ultimately your class variant or whatever you know whatever you choose i think that would be like a really again a good opportunity to to allow players to customize give them a good option for horizontal progression and i do like the fact that and one of the things i saw kaylin chatting about is that you have like a like a race that's specifically more focused on crafting that would be like a feels bad moment for me because not that i don't have love for dwarves i mean some of my best friends are dwarves right but at the same time i do want to be able to um i want to be able to play how i want to play right um and be able to you know to customize my character and have my avatar feel like mine and i don't have to like make a choice that i'm forced into which i i think you know you brought that up just talking about the locking yeah i'm i'm totally a fan of not locking anything mm-hmm. it just it it just kind of shoots like in the foot any like potential like rp or class identity potential in my opinion mm-hmm. i go through here and i'm like looking over the paladin for example and i'm not even really seeing one thing i'm noticing though about like the paladin and lineage as opposed to what we're seeing for even just the tank in uh, in Ashes of Creation, which is the thing that with the with the basically with the tank in general or the paladin dynamic that I, I'm surprised by is not seeing. Maybe we'll get it later, right? But uh, with how much of a and D focus that they're you know Pathfinder D and D call what you want, um, we definitely see some flavor that comes from the tabletop genre of like Pathfinder D&D and something dominant in the D&D, like with my experience is like you get blessings, right? You get blessed and you get all these blessings and you get oaths and things like that. And I mean, I always was a little weird about the tank being a class or like an archetype in general. Like I get it, but I always see tank as a role. And still to this day, it's the one that just, it's, it's strange to me. Yeah, it is. It yeah. still is strange. And it, it's the most jarring separation from this mm-hmm. is a character class versus this is a, a role, you know, in, in yeah. a raid group in a party. Um, and I I mean, I don't remember. We'd have to check the tape. But uh, Daedalus and I, I feel like we talked about that specifically mm-hmm. when they revealed this. Right. Was it, Guardian, for instance, the, the tank tank would have been a great definition absolutely the class um Mm -hmm. yeah um, i i'm a little torn on on how (laughs) how that will feel to to call yourself a tank i I don't know that i want to do that like you you get locked in because let's be honest we all wanted to be a 
an arms warrior tanking at some point or you know, <laughs> yeah. a, bear, a bear druid, or, you know, yeah, or, right. yeah. um, to, to fit that role. But are you ever going to have something fit that role other than the class of tank? And it, it doesn't feel that way to me. You know, about that, you know, we came up with this a while back and I have shared the same sentiment probably since then too, was like guardian f- sounds so much better for like the archetype and then when you cross guardian guardian you just call like a protector boom you know something like that i mean that actually it is jarring though right because even when you look and you go against the other archetypes it's the one that stands out as like a role where the rest feel very much like like it's a style of gameplay and one feels like a role of gameplay yeah i mean to to take your your comment about tabletop rpgs so i i I play a probably far too much uh dnd and other tabletop role-playing games mm-hmm. um but there's that element of class composition in your party doesn't doesn't really matter you know to have a successful group and to to have fun playing people can fill in that that role of being a tank or being the primary damage dealer and how they you know make adjustments to their character class there's traditionally a selection at level three where you kind of choose your subclass right like and then that augments how you end up playing your character what skills you get to add what you get to do um and and depending on when you access some of these you know these archetypes or what skill trees look like I, i think will be incredibly important for me at least and you know the the longevity of the success of this game is how you can step into those different roles, how you can still, to to Daedalus's point, you know, kind of create that, um, were you calling it a class fantasy or a class vision? You know, there's that idea of what you want your class to be able to do and what you want your character to do, and that there's enough optionality where you can flex a little bit, where you're not limited into, you know, a very narrow uh, swim lane for your your selected class. I think too, you know, when I'm actually like looking at this right now, some of the ones that never showed up that I have to mention that I'm, I'm also kind of shocked aren't on there, like anywhere on there where there are some that are like we have shaman, which I'm, I'm like totally cool with that. I'm, I'm really curious what they're going to be going for with the shaman. Um, but it's, it's druid and it's the, uh, so it's Druid and it's Monk, because those two I would maybe have expected to be on there more than maybe some of the other ones. For example, like a Mage Tank is a Spellstone. Some of these are very interesting, right? We can, I think, kind of like deduce to some degree what some of these are probably going to be based on some flavor of, like you said, D&D character archetypes, um, classes we've seen in other games, characters we've even seen in something before um someone who may not be savvy with like an mmorpg might have watched like lord of the rings and known that aragorn was a ranger and they could sort of like pull some sort of skill set based on how he behaved right but you see some of these and you just at least i do go well what are you what are you exactly going to do there because ranger fighters a strider well that was the nickname of like Aragorn, right <laughs> so you're right. kind of <laughs> right. going kind of get it right but some of these specifically, um, and I think, you know, some of them that I could probably point out, like Wild Blade. I mean, that's one of the ones that I just kind of was like, uh, and that's essentially a summoner with a fighter augment, which is your secondary. I think what's interesting is you look at summoner and cleric, 
and you kind of find the intersection with ranger, mage, mm-hmm. you know, rogue, you start to see where traditionally when you'd think of a druid, you know, that that role you see living there, but it's it's not real clear. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like we just need a paragraph on each of these so that we know mm-hmm. <laughs> what what's the intent here. You know, yeah. what are we driving towards? Mm-hmm. Um especially as we start to see some of the skills and, and, you know, hopefully it sounds like this week we might see some more combat, maybe get some details on the road that help. Yeah. That help, you know, going, going Mm -hmm. down that column thinking, okay, this, this fits here, like shadow blade or assassin scout, you know, ranged stealth damage dealer, Mm -hmm. you know, but hopefully we start to, to see a little bit more behind the, the curtain, so to speak, so that we can, you know, make educated guesses (laughs) on, what what these archetypes mean and and what their play style will be Mm -hmm. one of the ones on here let me see i think there's actually you know it's interesting too when you brought up cleric i was like oh oh i was like when you go and you augment cleric with ranger you get protector Mm -hmm. that was one of the ones where i was like how's that how's that you know, I almost see that like druid, like protector of the the groves, right? Or like you get that idea yeah. of protecting nature. But I, who knows? It's just mm-hmm. there were definitely some of these where I saw that, and I was like, you know, this might go better here, or this might go better there. It'd be very interesting to actually see, like, just like the descriptor for the class. Like mm-hmm. we've got we've got like descriptors for the archetypes, but to get the scriptures for the actual classes. Again, this is something that to me, I find that I'm just really, I'm surprised even now we don't have, you know, like even now we don't have that. And part of me is like, well, what point do we get to that point? Because theory crafters are going to go wild. Those descriptions alone are going to give people so much to work off of. Right. Um, When we go look at other uh, classes and class systems and in games, for, for example, uh, we go and we can look at like lineage stuff I mean, considering just go scrolling around looking at skills going oh what kind of you know references could we potentially um draw from some of this stuff but you know the majority of the classes don't actually super align um but there definitely is a from my perspective i think when i think of like a paladin and i go and i look on here and i look at a paladin like i see more of the things that feel more dnd than i'm seeing with the tank archetype right now right yeah it's 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 kind of a little a little odd um but again i think of a tank and i go okay well you're probably not going to get anything like ores until you get the claret augment can we talk about castigation for the cleric skill can we talk about that real quick Ty, have you seen it your favorite your no. favorite skill no no no, no. i wouldn't want to be uh i wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that skill <laughs> nor do i feel comfortable using that skill i like what it does but i don't really care too much for the animation right and this is one of the things that i think actually i was starting to draw a little bit a little bit of concern uh with when it when it came <laughs> in chat when it came to the the cleric reveal and castigation right like you whip your foes into shape castigation basically is going to lash your target with holy energy dealing direct damage it also provides health regen and mana restoration for you and surrounding allies. Obviously, you're going to get more of the latter based on the skills that are added to it, right? So when you've just got version one, you're not going to get all that. When you get version uh, two and version three, ranking two and three, you get that. Um, 
but it's a whip and some of the skills back in uh in actually alpha zero there was like one and i can't remember the name offhand where you could essentially like place like a sort of like a totem almost on the ground that would sort of like do something i think now that they've kind of moved towards uh hollowed ground which which totally feels i mean quite frankly it feels very cleric it also feels like it could be very paladin um exorcism is also one that is a cleric skill that definitely feels like it could be very paladin later um things like damnation devotion divine censure is the one that launches like the spear and that one's it's pretty cool but there were some that we moved away from and we don't see those on here and the one specifically i want to talk about is uh the one that remember i forget the name of it right but you would basically target your enemy uh, and you or or friendly with the same skill and it would either damage them if it was an enemy or it would heal them if it was a a player and like even back in alpha zero there was like a, a stronger focus on life or death like if you're an enemy i'm damaging you if you're a friendly i'm healing you and it was pretty cool and there was like that divine form where you'd pop up in the air and you would start to do a lot of healing and it was like super cool and I did feel like when we got it alpha one, we sort of like veered away from that. And we started to see a little, see a little bit more of like this. I'm not going to say necessarily paladin styled uh, projectile stuff, but you know, some of these like devotion, for example, I can't stand devotion, right? This is the one that like actually, is this the one, right? This is the one that actually launches if, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. That's the one that launches. It's the one that shoots up into the air and it like right. sort of like targets them. Some of those mm -hmm. just didn't vibe for me in the same way that the Alpha Zero skills actually did. Because those felt very, I don't know if they powerful, but they did kind of feel very powerful in comparison to some of these. Although to be fair, people were running around putting enough skill points in and just outplaying the shit out of other people rocking a handful of skills that were ranked to three and just surviving and doing a better job than a tank could as a tank. Quite yeah, frankly. Cleric, cleric was pretty, um, OP. Like I, um, actually leveled a cleric first in, in a one and I was, and I generally don't play healers, but yeah. it was probably like even more so than the mage just felt a lot more, um, solo friendly right um as i was leveling mm -hmm. uh, and it was really good in group situations too whereas mm -hmm. the mage was definitely like good in group situations and once you got ranked up it was it was pretty viable but yeah it was pretty interesting to see like how survivable and like how much you could take on mm -hmm. just in between mage and cleric um like there was a big disparity and he, i didn't get a chance to play tank um but it was definitely uh it was definitely interesting like how they set that up i mean i i'm very sure that they're going to kind of continue mm -hmm. to tweak that and i would i do tend to agree with you there were some skills that worked really well visually and some that did not. I mean, I didn't necessarily have like a strong opinion one way or the other on castigation, but there were others that were like, this doesn't feel as weighty in terms of an animation um, as like some, uh, I mean, I'm just like a big fan of beams. So like some like holy light or something would have been really cool to see like more as opposed to uh, 
the the ability you mentioned i think it was devotion um where you just kind of throw up and it's almost like your fairy dust was landing on somebody and i was like mm, yeah. yeah and it feels bad i just yeah, i can't get away from like divine censure being one yeah. too like the spear like your traditional cleric that doesn't make sense to me but as you start to talk about you know adding a, a fighter or a ranger you know some of those other aspects to get your archetypes to your specific like to drill down to that specific class it feels like some of these skills here even in the in the cleric that we know are a part of it shouldn't be part of the the base set or you mm -hmm. know let the base componenture of that <laughs> that class like it, it should be given once you've you know added an augment or found your your end what are we calling it once you found your your kind of second so you're a cleric Cla and then yeah. you add whatever and, and that's you your class your class yeah yeah one a of class the, variant yeah. i think they called it right class yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah it's the class variant um, of your archetype yeah they just they don't they don't seem to fit with kind of that idea of just your vanilla cleric oh for sure yeah, one, one thing I would like to see with Divine Censure, I mean, I actually really enjoyed that ability just because of the functionality, more so Function than the animation. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the sure. animation was was cool too, but I would just love like taking like two fists and like banging the ground and this hammer coming down on somebody. Yeah. That, that's Divine Censure, right? Let the hammer drop. But, you know, Spear also, you know, lancing somebody is, is not terrible, but I would... I would say, you know, I'm I'm hoping that as they're iterating, right, they're taking a look at some of the feedback on combat animations. I mean, I know they did with Mage already, right? Because there was like kind of a big wind up on Fireball that people weren't too happy with. They they addressed that pretty quickly through yep. the Alpha One process. So I mean, I know they're taking feedback, but I would love mm -hmm. to see them again, right? Focusing on class fantasy, it would be good to kind of have like a more cohesive. I guess, vision of what each of these base classes can do and then kind of see that um, differentiation as you add in your secondary choice, I think would be good. So, you know, like running around like in the world in the future, like what's the, you know, oh, hey, that dude's a warden or that dude's a paladin, right? I mean, what what's the difference? then you can kind of see oh yeah i can see in their animations or you know what they're doing that oh yeah that kind of fits what their what their class choice was at the end of the day mm -hmm. yeah it was interesting too because like you saw like judgment that came from the you know and that was literally throwing a hammer at him but it was more of like at them as opposed to dropping it on them um mm -hmm. it it is curious because I was uh, looking at cleric and kind of as we were sitting here talking and I was sort of like gravitating over to where is that to the is it sword singer, I believe, which I'm trying to remember. Where is the one on here that's actually like that? It's so there's song caller. There's tell sword. There's soul weaver there i'm trying to find it but i feel like swords there's blade dancer as well right mm -hmm. oh wait you know what sword singer probably came from yeah i was thinking song caller i think that's what i'm thinking sword singer 
sounds when I look at like, so this comes from uh Caitlin TV that had sent this to me and talked about sword singer and lineage being like a light L variant, but songs that increase. And now I want to make this reference point because I feel like maybe we get a little bit of flavor that I'm curious, right? When we look at the bard and we're actually going down the chain and we're going, all right, I take the bard and I augment it. And if I augment it with a summoner, I get a song caller. And then I look at the song caller and I go sword singer. Can we pull from that? Because I look at that and it goes songs that increase physical defense, crit rate, HP regen, reflect damage, max HP boost, magic defense, evasion and movement speed. Right. And he even said, no joke, the critical rate song doubles your base crit rate. These songs and dancers are that enormous. So then my question is, is if that were some sort of a flavor that we were getting, augmenting the bard with the summoner, would that sound like it would resonate for someone who cares about bards a lot? I know Daedalus is into bards. I know Cheryl and Chad's into bards. A lot of people are looking forward to bards. Is that like a frame of reference that we could go with something like that work here? Because it's going to be hard not to think we're going to get something that's going to have lineage flavor to it in some of these augments. Maybe not all, but some. Yeah, when I was reading that mm-hmm. on the website, I was like, yo, this this sounds so good. This mm-hmm. sounds like if I wanted to go double down on a force multiplier, that this sounds great to me. So I would love to have like a really strong like buffing class. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's important because um, that speaks to me in terms of utility mm-hmm. um as well so yeah I, i'm i'm totally okay with that i'm just like very interested to see like how and i'm just like looking like you have done like looking through all like the bard combinations and frankly just looking at all the other combinations with bard and like what that's going to do and they have something in there called with the ranger called bow singer which i thought was interesting compared mm-hmm. to the you know the sword um sword singer that we were talking about Mm -hmm. but yeah i I am interested to see like how they're going to handle like all of the bard combinations i would say like a lot of people are like all over the ranger and Mm -hmm. the rogue i really want to know the bard and Mm -hmm. and i and full disclosure i have not really i didn't play a bard in everquest i didn't play a bard in really any other game though i played at what i would gather is a bard type in um in city of heroes um because you i had like a full controller you know debuffer and i also had um you know i also had like a a force multiplier i did play like a minstrel in dark age of camelot so i did kind of have that but that in my opinion didn't really hit the mark of what i would really like to see in that type of class um and i'm actually um talking about that particular subject matter my article coming up on monday um about non-healing support so yeah it is it is um it is something that i'm like really excited to see and i hope we start getting more bard information soon so we can start getting a feel for and and exactly as i said not only just bard but all of them hey can we at least start getting some descriptions because we got base class descriptions in kickstarter and we kind of had like a little bit of understanding of that but now as we're getting into this augmentation thing and augmentations are going to be potentially something in alpha 2 we're going to be looking at 
I would really like to get at least a preview. So in addition to combat, we can also get some opinions and iteration on the classes as well. And well, the archetypes and their augmentations. I absolutely would like to see more of that as well. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you some of these we could draw some like and, and you know what's interesting is a lot of people that were actually in chat that actually responded to uh like that idea is like it seems like the majority of people actually kind of like that like the idea of like it being like a, a real multiplier and even if you think about the bard the summoner i mean you're summoning multiplying right you're kind of like you're sort of summoning something and so it's it would be interesting to see i think even visually what they would go for in that situation um but you know, Duelist is on here as a rogue fighter combo. Rogue is the start, fighter is the second. And if I go and I were to look for Duelist, and that's actually in Lineage under the human. If I go to skills and I go down to warrior under human fighter versus human mystic, um, which is basically your physical damage class and your magic damage class you can go if you go human fighter warrior and then go down the chain via gladiator down to duelist and you start to like look at some of the skills on here and, I, and if i went to like pull up all as opposed to just the max level ones right some of these kind of do like eye of the slayer sonic rage right a, a stance you get eye of the hunter Interesting, though, there's like even wisdom on here, but the wisdom on here, the description is increasing resistance to hold sleep and mental attacks. There's one that gives you health. But dualist, yeah. I mean, the stance specifically, right? This is repose stance. That feels very much like someone who's a dualist, doesn't it? Like, so some of this totally resonates. Some of them also could be very, you know, you could use some generic terminology and come up with something that's similar, like Eye of the Slayer. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how much of this actually. I like skill mastery, though. Right now, one thing I noticed, and it's not on Duelist, but it's on some of the other ones, is talking about, uh, oh my gosh, which one was it? Specifically, maybe it was a Phoenix Knight that I was looking at. But I was actually looking at that, and I went down. I saw... Hold on a second. No, it wasn't actually the Phoenix Knight. But one of them was talking about weapon-like mastery. You know, and that's something else that we we haven't talked about today when it comes to class dynamics and that's mastery for like weapons. Right. We've seen that there are going to be like these bonuses that people are going to get in ashes related to like having full sets of, you know, like light armor, heavy armor, maybe certain weapon types could be a thing. And that could be very interesting to play in as well. We've already know that we're going to have weaponed weapon like you know, skills and abilities. We don't know exactly how far that's going to go just yet. Um, but I mean, it certainly is going to like give us a lot of agency as players to really work on the different combinations and, and what we're sort of going to go for here. Um, I do want to take a moment to, to let rest in peace, the classes that aren't on the list. And that would be our Druid, which actually Druid specifically is the one that shocks me the most out of everything, not on the list. Right. I the way I look at it, and I, I agree with Druid and Monk. The way I look mm. at it is there's room for true expansion, right? Mm. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like with 64 combinations, it's already like a lot. Right. Um, and adding another archetype potentially, right, could 
could yeah. increase that. Um, right. I mean, I think it's still possible, definitely. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's like, you know, a future expansion down the line, right? Um, would would be good. And I think um, one of the other combos that I saw here and it got me pretty excited because I've been also like interested in the fighter and how the fighter and bard kind of crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always um, like really liked melee classes. And I was really stoked when I was reading the Blade Dancer description on the Lineage 2 site. Blade Dancer primarily uses two hand, uh, two bladed swords and raises the abilities of parties, party members by dancing. He assists in the hunt by increasing attack power through a, to his party through Dance of the Warrior. The Blade Dancer also raises critical damage of party members through Dance of Fire. And I'm like, man, that is really cool. And I know at some point, Stephen talked about bards saying they don't just play instruments they do other things they dance they sing right there's other things and i'm i'm really i'm really stoked to kind of see how they use this because that also sounds like again a great flavor a great vision around force multiplication and what you can do um but again i i hope there is still like some wiggle room within play style so it's not you know all like if you choose a bar, you're only doing this, right? You, uh, you want to be able to entertain in the tavern too. So you're gonna. Oh, need this to is true. Yeah. Yes. Where you can put your loot case down on the ground and make some coin, Daedalus. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need to have like a utility skill called, uh, you know, uh, was it a dance <laughs> of the drunk white girl, right? So, you, <laughs> dude, that's like the party one. I feel like Ty indirectly called you the ninja looter. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Your loot case from all the loot that you ninja'd. No, that's called people contributing to my artistic work. Versus <laughs> exactly. Taking something and then running around naked, celebrating, you know, things that happened. I wouldn't have been shirtless. I wasn't shirtless. They didn't have it to where the armor rendered, okay? I wasn't running around trying to show off my man tits in game, okay? <laughs> Not my fault. Look, if you get a really badass piece of gear from looting a boss that you, you know, validly, you know, looted from, then like, and you got like really cool armor, would you throw it on and see what happens? Wouldn't you be a little surprised if your man nip showed and you were a male character? I was. But yet you continue, you didn't like, oh man, I got to take this off because I'm indecent. No, you just ran around. It was in the moment, bro. You were celebrating the ninja loot excitement. Magical air, air felt good, right? I felt like I was, I was living it up. up. Yeah, I was living it up, man. Right? The magical air. I got to remember that one. (laughs) Had an aura about me. I felt quite legendary with my new loot and gear that I had, uh, you know, thrown on, and people just thought I was a little naked. They didn't actually think that I had gear on. And then I think even later, somebody was like, you know, some of these pieces of gear that you wear make your character look like they don't have clothes on. Really? Which is it? (laughs) Anyway, I I definitely would encourage people to go and actually take a look at a lot of the different uh, lineage classes. I would also encourage you to go look at some of the like, you know, World of Warcraft classes or, you know, things like that. One thing I actually was curious about, too, is I actually was looking over the class list and I looked at like the cleric. I kind of wonder, like, 
Do you think like the Templar, which is the cleric main with the augment of a fighter, do you feel like Templar is going to be like your rep pally sort of style? Because I kind of am. I kind of am too. And I'm kind of thinking that the tank with the cleric augment later to give you the paladin is going to be like maybe a pally sort of thing. Yeah. You know, some of these definitely resonate. Yeah, I would love. I mean, I was like when I was initially just looking at the class list, I think what I gravitated to was bard combinations and fighter combinations primarily. Um, yeah, bard actually three, you know, bard, fighter, and mage um combinations. But yeah, the Templar really stood out um mm-hmm. for me as well. Um hold on, there was there was another one too. Um yeah, blade uh blade dancer as well mm-hmm. stood out. Uh and then with the with the cleric, I think Templar was was the one that really stood out for me. And Mage just, I don't know, it just it felt like they had like so many different options in the battle mage. I was like, wow, what's that going to look like? I was just, I, I just remember honestly battle mages from that Blizzard game and just running around with these like two swords, like flames, you know, um, you know, smiting down my enemies. So it was really mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I, a mage with a rogue is a shadow caster. I mean, I hear that. I'm like, are we going to get sort of like shadow priest vibes? But then, I mean, is it going to be like that? You know, because I hear a shadow caster. I think shadow priest from like World of Warcraft. But the the class combinations wouldn't really work in that regard. So you're just kind of like, well, where are we going to go with that? There's like so many of these that, that leave a lot to be questioned but i i think what i'm really hoping we're gonna see and i would i would really like to maybe see this towards the end of the year and i think it could be something that they could easily outline and i mean think of how many articles they could post just talking about you know like the archetypes and elaborating on like well when you augment and you go with these what are you actually starting to see changing in terms of like the theme like thematically like how does this maybe additionally define or redefine maybe what is already kind of there for the class um i don't know man i think that like we could literally sit here and i mean we're an hour and a half into a show at this point almost and i feel like we've barely skimmed the surface we've only hit on probably some of the things that really stand out the most for us i'm 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 gonna ask you ty i gotta ask you what do you think archetype wise based on what we see so far is going to be probably most likely to be the most OP class? Oh, I, or, or even I, classes. Yeah. I, I, th- I think where you always get into a level of just winning is when you have the ability to strike hard and fast. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at like the fighter ranger or the, fighter rogue combinations for just that that burn you know mage too i think early game you're gonna have mages kind of being pretty op until people figure out how to (laughs) right how to shut them down or keep up um but it's that burst you know anything that that has that idea of just burst is hard to recover from especially early in a game's life cycle Yeah, I'm kind of very, 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 very curious to see what they do. And I hope that we get to see some like descriptions around this soon. I would agree. I think very likely anything bursty, right? So I'm looking at like rogue. I'm actually looking at fighter, mage. 
potentially summoner just because of the capability. Because, well, the thing with summoner, though, is it's not just going to be like something like an army of the dead. And they all just go do this stuff for you. It's it's going to be like I summon something and I've got to actually actively control this thing that's that I'm working with. So now I've got to, you know, be capable of managing this creature that I've summoned as well as like whatever else I got to do in my in my skill set. I think summoner is going to be one of those archetypes that is a, a huge like barrier to entry for your casual player to to be successful with it. But when mm-hmm. you get people that know what they're doing, it's going to be incredibly powerful class. Um, you know, you look All at right. necromancer, um, some some of the other summoner ones that. Mm-hmm. Think, just stand out I, i'm hoping that bards are going to be the same way like i'm hoping bards going to also have like that sort of barrier to entry to it and then and I, i've never seen a bard done in a way that's just really interesting to me if i'm going to be real like it always feels like you're just sort of playing a tune you're kind of just like supplementing something it doesn't ever really feel like it's got any oomph to it and we know that they're actually trying to really make the bard re- pretty interesting for ashes um so i think i don't know what i guess that's going to lead into the question then for you all like what do you all think they that like if they don't do it right it's going to have the highest chance of them potentially botching it up if it's not done right i mean i agree it's um and uh i'm i'm actually spoiling a little bit of what i'm talking about in my article but that was like one of the things i i said it's like my first like instinct is make it an active play style. Don't make it a passive play style. I mean, Dark Age of Camelot failed hard in that. I, I talk about like a experience I had, like, you know, I wouldn't say late in the game, but as I was leveling, there was a good farming spot. I was with a group and mm. I was going to bed. I'm like, hey guys, I'm going to bed. They're like, hey, can you just leave your character on? And leave this particular mana regen song on because it's really helping us. And so basically go AFK. And I'm like, man, if that's like what I'm relegated to is a mana battery as a bard. I mean, I'm finding something else for sure. Um, but I would say, you know, and I heard a or I saw a comment in chat that, you know, when we were talking about classes that might be OP, um, we didn't list the bard as that. I mean, I would say. In terms of like OP, I guess I would probably maybe want to put some guardrails around that. If we're talking about like 1v1, you're always going to have classes that are stronger in that situation, right? Um, And generally what we're familiar with is what we've experienced in other games, which generally is like, you know, your fighters, your your mages and so on, right? Are going to, and your rogues are going to be the more powerful classes of like 1v1 because you maybe have some tricks in your wheelhouse to can, you know, control the battlefield a bit. Um, Personally, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, when we talk about bards, bards are going to be like one of those classes that everybody wants um, in their party, like for whatever reason. Um, And because there's such good utility there. And, um, and I, and I hope that that's how they nail the class fantasy of the bard is it's, it's somebody that you can rely on as a core member of the party like just like with any of the classes but specifically that one i do feel like it's important that they do get it right and it'll definitely be um it'll be disappointing if they if they kind of go into i would say what hasn't worked um 
you know, thinking that, hey, this and, and even just taking a closer look at lineage too. I mean, all these classes and their, you know, variants sound great on paper. I didn't get a chance to play, so I can't really judge. Hey, is that Blade Dancer really cool or was it just a really great description and it failed hard when it got into the actual gameplay? Um, so so that's kind of where I'm I'm hoping. It's definitely that it's a more active play style. There's some thinking behind it. I'm okay with the barrier to entry. I want to be able to kind of learn and and exempt, exemplify skill versus just using I win buttons all the time. Right. That makes for very boring gameplay. Um, but definitely, um, I am hoping that they do something unique with the bard um, and at least give it, you know, give it something in its wheelhouse to make it unique and and useful as well. Yeah, I definitely look at these and I'm thinking to myself that like the rogue, like I'm looking at the rogue, I'm like duelist feels like maybe it's going to have some similarities like the combat rogue in WoW. That assassins, I mean, I just feel assassins going to be like, dude, I hope they deliver on that. And that homie just cuts down like that's one of those rock, paper, scissor ones where it's the rock smashing you. Right. I don't know what else is going to get you outside of it being a glass cannon and someone's got enough evasion or some sort of like utility that they can just sort of CC and and sort of like lock them down and kite them around. Um, I know with the mages in Alpha Zero, they had that like um, split mage form. Remember, it was like yeah, was it mirror image. Mirror image. Yeah, we yeah. didn't get to see that. I know a lot of people are like. Uh, we go back to like the earliest uh, videos from Kickstarter and it was like, well, this is like thematically showcasing like the mage, but a lot of people really love that gliding over. The space. Yeah, that, um, that definitely piqued my interest and I'm sad to say it's, it's, it hasn't reemerged and I don't know if it ever will, um, which is unfortunate. How cool but it, uh, yeah. How cool would it be though if like you you ended up getting like like that was like sort of like the acolyte thing because like it's your cleric second and maybe you get like mm -hmm. a bit of a bubble and maybe it's like an augmentation of like your blink and so you get like this cool mm -hmm. sort of like you know bubble and sort of like slowly glide and maybe go position yourself or something that'd be super cool you know yeah yeah I'm, I'm hoping we get really cool augments like that but then again it's like ah you're gonna have to balance this and you're gonna have to be so cautious about it mm -hmm. maybe so yeah. much to not just have like some be like the all winners and the others kind of lackluster and that's like the worst case scenario yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see right like the demographic spread of the 64 True. options right like do you have 50 percent of your players that are assassins <laughs> like right or, you know, whatever it may be because that that's always the challenge too right is, mm -hmm. is not even balance across what the classes can do but just maintaining that spread across you know a server population true so like just you want people playing them you want yeah. to be in play you don't want it to be like one of these things where you jump in the game and it's like well no one's going to touch it because it just they don't care. Right. It doesn't it's not it's not a good time to play. People want to play something that's going to be enjoyable. And if you don't, I, I totally agree. If you've got like demographic wise, like so many people playing everything and then you got one or two or three or four of these that like no one's really in comparison, even touching like that kind of tells you something. And um, I also look at this and go at the point where we're at right now. Does it bode well for us? 
that we're not seeing much of this oh. stuff yet and alpha two's not out like i yeah, I don't want to be the downer here, but I'll be the downer since I'm the new guy. I'll okay, be the downer cool. and and say that <laughs> it, it's a little concerning when you think about 64 options. We've seen three at the very base level, and like to me, that says either it's not there yet, or there's maybe a chance that we don't even get that level of variety. Like that, that's where you know, my, my apprehension comes in is mm. it's a lot of choice. It's a lot of dev time and balancing to, to only have seen, you know, the three that we've seen and not any of the, the augments or changes. It, it becomes to plant that seed of, well, do we just get the eight classes and then the augments or that's something that comes later. Like, do we really mm. get that at, at any kind of launch? Yeah, one thing I will say, um, you know, there have been systems that they have like launched like mm -hmm. this year, right? And talked about that we had no idea the level of complexity and depth. And like even things they talked about, like animal husbandry, like did not realize it was like, you know, looks like right. it's, you know, in, in spirit approaching like arc levels of, of customization right. there. So, um, I definitely, you know, share the apprehension. I think it's important for us to kind of see at least the starting point. Like I said, incrementally start seeing what their vision is of these different class, um, different archetypes, and their their the fantasy or vision around like what they want to do. Um, but yeah, I I expect there's a lot more under the hood we're not seeing um, because of the fact that you know. Steven is very much a perfectionist and he True. he knows first impressions are important. So even if it's like an early iteration, he wants that early iteration to have some weight. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's Im important. Uh, however, it doesn't, you know, temper that, you know, feeling we all have following the game. Hey, I want to know more. I want to see more. I'm interested. Right. You know, I want to be able to have these conversations with more facts than you know, perception and opinion of what might be. Yeah, I think it's a good point, though, because he's absolutely been, you know, specifically the past couple of years. I think a combination of it's like perfectionism, wanting to make sure maybe not perfectionism, just like having a high quality threshold before showcasing it. Plus, you got Margaret in there and she's real big on like, let's not sort of like announce things, doing these. They really they really kind of like tightened tightened all of that up and so i, I do think i like I, I do see the concern too right if we're not seeing a whole lot of showcase uh you've got a lot of people that are feeling probably like ty and then if you got people that are also like are maybe a little bit more you know like recognizing the way steven's kind of gotten over the years and how he sort of is with everything now like how many things that they've actually showcased for us that were like oh my god i had no idea you were this you're even at this place right now and i think one of the really great examples of that is well actually two examples of that is when they showcase the character creator that they were going for capability there that was much further than i personally actually expected them to be going for and it was already showcaseable in a rudimentary form so that was kind of big and the seasons was another one that we were i was going it would be good to see the world and then it was like, oh, here's the world. Also check out seasons. Oh, and we actually can kind of show you what, how this is going to start changing things. If we if we just kind of like go through the slider here of season and impact. So that's like much further along than I actually thought they were at too. So, you know, 
maybe the silver lining here, and I'm not saying it's the case, is that I already was pretty confident the Alpha 2 world was probably well underway based on a lot of the videos they showcased for us, even in Unreal Engine 4 in the past, that had areas we've never seen that were pretty vast and sprawling in some of the videos, if you looked at it. And then, granted, they were just like wilderness biomes or whatever, but still. And then, the you know, the other thing is, is they moved Unreal Engine 5 and they go and they showcase, you know, this season's footage or whatever, but they're running around in the, the what was it, the... Um, the grasslands or whatever it was called. Riverlands, Riverlands yeah. thank you. And I mean, that was pretty, I mean, that was pretty impressive. So Unreal Engine 5 is definitely making things easier in terms of production time too. So there's always that. So here's the hoping that in the near future, we're going to see more and more. But I do think the combat and the class slash augmentation, augmentation system, from my perspective, is probably the, stronger point out of everything that they have on their list that they're going to probably be working on the hardest. I could be wrong, but you know, in terms of like pleasing the community, showing it in increments, here's the hoping that the increments are pretty weighted. Um, the upside is they do act on that change pretty good. I mean, they've done a pretty good job of that specifically from alpha one forward. So there's that. And there's the silver lining point. And friends, we've got the Dagum live stream coming up this Thursday. Questions got to be submitted by Tuesday, 11 a.m. PDT. And the live stream's Thursday at 11 a.m. PDT. So there you go. If you want to submit questions, you got to get them in by Tuesday. We'll be doing the Ashes post show here, gentlemen. It was a really good time. We barely even skimmed the surface. Again, I encourage everybody to go check out. Go to the wiki, go check out on the Ashes HQ, take a look at some of the, the table, look at what they've got. And and really, I encourage you to, to whether you're kind of watching this on YouTube, um, you've got some ideas or thoughts like in, in our Discord, go share in there. But really share like when you look at all the table and you kind of think this is something that's resonating or these are some of the things resonating for me, what would I really like to see be a part of that that would make sense for me, that would make it seem like a really fun, uh, you know, class or archetype for me to be playing and just share that and really really do watch for when the developers are actually wanting or when they actually go to the community and post in the forums because they'll they'll be taking feedback that's a really golden really strong golden opportunity for you to really contribute um and the developers actually take that information and, and take it to heart because they have been doing that for a while any final thoughts gentlemen before we wrap, wrap this one up i know not for me Nope, all good here. Well, as always, we might be at the end of today's show, but in closing, I got to remind all of you that whether you watch it here live on Twitch, uh, listen to it in your car, over in all the podcast places, or you're over on Ashes HQ YouTube watching it there, remember, you two are an Ashes Pathfinder. You don't just have to be right here on this roundtable to be a Pathfinder. You got to be part of the journey that we're all on. So much love to all of you. Much love to Intrepid Studios. And gentlemen, before we sign off fully, Daedalus, shout out your domains. Let people know where they can find you. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Ty, got any places you want to shout out? People can yeah, find so you. My, thanks. Okay. Yeah, my, my Twitter is at Fat Kid Sports. And uh, I do a podcast about analog gaming of all sorts, role nice. playing, board games, card games called Playing and Slaying. 
You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere. There you go, man. And friends, we'll be seeing you for the Ashes Post Show for sure on Thursday. So look forward to chatting with you all about it real soon. We'll definitely be covering it on the next podcast. And until next time, live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night, friends. And we'll be seeing you again real soon. Sims Take care, everybody. Yep. Bye, bye for now, everybody. Sims not a ninja leader. Okay, bye.